of the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the tagger? It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass. Rush down the pocket. Throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, he caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Friday the 7th. You're tuned in to Panhandle Sports Live, broadcasting live from the Hobby Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Nice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Good morning, fellas. Morning. Good morning. How are we doing on this Friday? Well, I'm alive from the... <laughs> That's good. I'm alive. Good. good start. I guess that was a follow-up from yesterday's show. We were joking around saying I was going to get kidnapped. Oh, and yeah. So take us, right. so take us through it. Let me, let me, How let was me, the handoff? Was there more than two sentences, or was it just, here's your cash, here's your game? It's like, nice uh, like that, yeah, up exactly. and you're gone. It was more of probably the latter. It was just showed up, said hey to the dude. Like, hey, I just drove an hour and a half. (laughs) You're not going to, like, hang out with me for a sec, buy me a coffee? There's a couple coffee shops near where you were. Oh, you're not a coffee guy, so. Well, you were probably probably cool with just getting it going so you can get in, get back and play. Yeah, I'm just knocking it out, get it done. So I got there at, I believe it was about 3... I think about a little before three o'clock is when I got over there. This is important information. Let's mm-hmm. get this clear. Mm-hmm. And then got there, the exchange, got out, and then got back, and I was looking for. A, oh, by the way, we're talking about NCAA football fourteen, 14. A video, 14. Yeah, a video yes, game. I feel yes. like we should clear. No, no contraband was handled in this exchange. <laughs> Somebody's like, goodness, what happened this to Black Hawk Sports Down? Yeah. <laughs> what happened to PSL or the Death Star plans are, are, are this turned into this turned into El Chapo Network. What's going on? <laughs> My gosh! But we, I get back. I'm scrambling because I'm looking for a USB drive, and I don't think I have one anymore. So I go to Walmart. I buy a USB drive, and you know, I bought a foot long sandwich too, just for the, <laughs> just for the thrill of it. You know, have I got a, that text from you yesterday, and I go, "Why is he? Oh, that's why he's telling me this because that was the first line I read. I was like, I, I'm leaving Walmart." with a foot-long sandwich. Yeah, it's it sounds like a start to a good book. Yeah. yeah. All right. I left Walmart with a foot-long sandwich and a 64-gig USB drive, and it was off to business. So there you go, man. I went I went, and it was... What the, sandwich? Uh, Italian Hero. Ah, it was solid. Classic. Nice provolone, some uh, meat stacked on it, but... <laughs> oh, I went through, and then That's I... That's crazy. <laughs> This is like the this is like Mission Impossible right now. So I go and I install some different software and stuff. This is the most like tech savvy thing I have ever done. I've because never... you're trying to get the updated roster. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. i So it, it, it's stuck in 14, and not only is it yeah. stuck in the year 2014, they didn't have licensing for the players at that mm. point, right? So yes. it's, you know Joe Schmo instead of Tim. So Tebow. it's QB 12. Yeah, RB number nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I go in and I start downloading all the things. So you got to like download some like software to put in to be enable all this stuff. So I put that in, and then I pull the rosters from a file that was on the internet onto the USB drive. Always a safe move. Yeah, and then I used that, loaded in, eventually get there. This was probably a couple hours all together putting everything in because the downloads for the software cost me over an hour and then everything downloading, putting it in. Man. Also, my laptop is a dinosaur. I was so say. that didn't help either. 
So it finally got it done about a little before nine o'clock last night. Got everything in. It's updated rosters, updated. So who's the first franchise? Who's the first? Yeah, team who's the first team you went for? It's got to be the Mountaineers. Or did you go straight for like the uh, what do they call it? That's not Road to the Show, but the into the Road to Glory. Road to Glory. I yeah. I haven't hopped too deep into it yet. I'm still kind of taking it in as of last night. Truth be told, I went through all the new uniforms last night. <laughs> you got to, dude. Like, I tell you like. what, do they have the uh, the country roads ones, like the yes, ones? yeah, oh, they got nice. yeah, they got the white helmets with the old yep. WV logo, like that. Oh, it's fantastic. I tell you what, those Toledo unis are in there. <laughs> oh my, all right, is it Toledo? No, it's uh, Tulsa. Is it Tulsa? Yeah, I think it is. Green, green wave. Oh, is it? Oh, I'm getting. Yeah, you're right. It is Tulsa. I I mix up like Tulsa and Toledo all the time. I flip I flip those two. Yeah, it was uh Toledo. Toledo has some beautiful uniforms like with the uh mm-hmm. they got the green wave. They got like the uh the surfing uh they got like the surfing bird too. Oh my Louisiana gosh. man. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> so much fun. I I'm excited to dig deeper into it. Get as the weeks progress and see what i can get into but it, that was my pet project yesterday we're good. but we're how were you guys i talked <laughs> now know now we all know what uh parker will be doing this weekend uh i'm gonna be on the road this weekend are you taking the ps3 with you potentially i'll i'll, I'll see what's going such on such a classic going on vacation with the family move <laughs> De- definitely, if there's a rainy day at the beach, I pull out college football revamp. I'm going to be on. the uh, MVP of the beach trip. So Game we'll we'll be, we'll be seeing what's going on there. Well, good. Well, at least you didn't uh, spill 90% of your coffee all over you this morning when you got in your car. Man. Yeah, that was sick. That was great. I'm yeah. glad I did that uh, as I was getting into the car. So the 5 million people at Sheets didn't see me spill my coffee all over myself. At least you nice. saved yourself the embarrassment. Yeah, but now my car's, <laughs> my car's it's just full of Oh, no. <laughs> So I got to clean that up. But uh, you can always get in touch with us. 304-263-4321 is the Panhandle Sports Live text line. You can tweet us at EP Sports Network. So yesterday on uh, Talk Line with Hoppy Kirchville, which comes on uh, the station at 10 o'clock every weekday. Uh, And today they'll have steam release, which I'm sure will probably have some steam to be released about this topic, which as we are referring to it as the transfer portal. Now, it's still pretty, you know, there's a lot of gray areas still. People are navigating their way through this and a lot of people are getting upset because they think some teams, you know, are doing a little bit more than they should be doing. So, Luke, can you break down what that conversation was? And there's an article over at WVMetroNews.com. But can you break down what the uh, uh, Joe Bercato conversation was? And then we can kind of get into it from our perspective. Yeah, and he got some quotes from some different coaches. But uh, the West Virginia, as, as soon as I say that, it, it pops away from my screen. The West Virginia Board of Education, their regularly scheduled meeting is going to be July 12th. And they're going to clarify the rule uh, item 7-2-A, it says, in addition to those transfers permitted by any other rule, a student shall be eligible for one-time transfer during grades 9 to 12. Just to kind of put more of a bow on this, any transfer made outside the scope of this rule shall have the ability to wa- or file a waiver for the WVSSAC. Um, so they're expecting this, obviously, of course, uh, to lead to the uptick in transfers a little bit more officially. And they asked a lot of coaches um, through all over the state to weigh in on this to see if I could find a couple of those quotes. Um, let's see. 
I, I do see we're going. I, I do think we're going to see some movement, but we were always going to see movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was from Rob Hawkins. Uh, talked about it happening in the Charleston area, but then name drops the Eastern Panhandle as well, which I thought was a little bit odd. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you've always been able to trans that transfer rule's always been a thing going into ninth grade, right? Yeah, there's just well going into ninth grade, yeah, but then this extends it past mm-hmm. ninth grade. You know, you had to have a change of residency in some yeah. cases or a, a special kind of waiver if you were trying to seek out a, a different uh, kind of academic opportunity or, you know, sports and things like that, that, that your school didn't necessarily have. Um, I think this was, was this John Kelly? Uh, I want to make sure I attribute this quote to the right person because he'd mentioned Clay Battelle uh, mm-hmm. was the school I used to do games for. What I fear is, is that Clay Battelle's and hundreds start losing kids to us. Yeah. Or Fairmont or Morgantown. And before you know it, what you have is a very depleted Class A field, and then you have four to five in each class that are powerhouses annually. Um, yeah, like Joe was saying on Talkline, the teams, the schools that are going to benefit the most are the, from this are kind of those mid level schools in between, you know, your Martinsburgs, your Wheeling Parks, and then kind of above your, your, uh, you know, your Berkeley Springs and teams yeah. of the like. So those yeah. are the teams that are going to benefit the most from this. But that's what I've said from day one, that the Berkeley Springs of the state are just going to get pillaged at this point. You've already seen it across the state. And, and I want to add one more thing. Uh, they talk about prohibited actions that are going to be detailed in the Board of Education agenda, and they read like this. Uh, this is item 9.1 or uh, addendum 9.1. The use or influence by a person or group connected or not connected with the school to secure or retain a student for athletic participation is not permitted and may cause the student to be ineligible and may cause certain sanctions to be placed against the member school. So that don't recruit is what that just says. Mm-hmm. An employee of the school system shall not initiate any communication regarding athletic participation or enrollment with a student, parent of a student, guardian, or family member, etc. Uh, this does not include the introduction of athletic programs to students at feeder schools, of course. Uh, and then the third one is a student parent of a student or a guardian uh, shall not be offered for the purpose of encouraging enrollment in a school or any participation in athletic program, any um, inducements such as free tuition, jobs, supplies, uniforms, other than that which is provided for all students. Pretty much the team can't contact yeah. the kid. And yeah. we've had coaches come in and they want to be clear about this process and they said that we don't reach out to these kids they show up to our practices, and if they have the paperwork going, they can stay, and if not, they don't. Other coaches may say, well, that's not true. So-and-so has been recruiting for years, and right. so-and-so has <clears throat> been recruiting up until this point. But this offseason is going to have more scrutiny than any, of course, because people are trying to figure out who's going to try to game this system the best. And coaches need to know that they're under a bigger microscope than they've ever been. Uh, there's going to be more scrutiny than mm-hmm. they've ever been. So while there is an opportunity for you to bolster your roster, you need to – you can't do it. It needs to happen to you or you're going to get caught. And as this said, can be enforced with sanctions. So it's a, it's a slippery slope in that coaches want to utilize the ability to go out and get better players for their teams, but they can't go out and get them. Those players have to come to them. Well, and a big thing was quoted too from uh, David Price, the new director of the WVSSAC. One of an explicit quote he said was, the transfer rule doesn't mean recruiting is allowed. Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of shuts the door on that possibility that we're going to have open season recruiting like we've been seeing with the exodus of the men's basketball team at West Virginia. It isn't going to be a full-on recruiting war where maybe maybe not the John Calipari's and the, and the like are going to be poaching the Trey Mitchells of the world before he's even put into the portal. But I, it's, it's an interesting case. And I had this conversation last night in the college ranks with one of my friends from when I ran in college. And I, I think the biggest thing right now, because the way the NIL is set up, that is 
legislation passed and that is there's nothing that any governing sports body can do about that now the transfer portal can be regulated how that's going to be regulated i think in west virginia high school is going to be very very important because i think there is a real concern you mentioned the berkeley springs of the world i'm worried about berkeley springs a little bit because we we've seen it there's a stud athlete like gavin young and he transfers to hedgesville what what if that's just going to be the case every single time if you're a good athlete you go to a triple a or whenever the expansion of football goes to four classifications once again what if just any player that wants to go get a d1 offer says okay it's a quad a or triple a school or bust so what's going to happen with the clay patels the hundreds of the world those class one a's the montcalms mm-hmm. of the world Ho- hopefully the inverse of this and i'm sure people that are in favor of this rule will say this i don't necessarily think this will be the case is that these schools these smaller schools like clay patel would then be able to benefit from players not good enough to be first team contributors as juniors and seniors to a triple a program then coming out to clay patel is that a possibility yes and people that are a fan of this rule have highlighted that but will we see that no, you know i don't, I don't know so. if the answer to that i mean berkeley in berkeley springs case the answer is probably no because that's a tough hike i mean mm-hmm, Hedgesville's right. the closest high school and what's that commute every it's day? about 35 you know like in, in clay patel's case i could see it because clay patel I mean, depending on where you live in Morgantown, you could be 20 minutes away from Clay Patel. Wheeling Central, maybe. Williamstown, maybe. You know, these schools that are connect, single-A schools that are connected to these bigger areas. Uh, so that's what, uh, I'm just to give the counter-argument, I guess, but it's not necessarily a convincing one, uh, the more that you think about it. Well, we knew that the Eastern Panhandle was going to be, you know, a hotbed for this anyways, because there's always been the rumors that has been going on as it is, but then when you have the... You know, everybody's so close to one another. It's so compact. It can you can easily go from one school to the other, not really even have to move. Uh, you know where you're living at. So, who knows, man? But uh, hopefully, they can start to lock down something, at least some set guidelines that people can you know refer to and base all this off of. So it's not just kind of like the Wild West. Yeah, and and just two things I think that really concern me about this from the AAA standpoint, really quickly, are one. Let's use Washington, for example. You know, Terry Ray, we talked about him potentially being an offensive mastermind. I mean, he could step into that program and, and be really fun, and that could be an exciting competitive programs in years to come. But in the short term, Washington has no past, very little success in recent mm-hmm. years. They made the playoffs with Coach Simpsons. We've heralded the job that he's been able to do to keep that program competitive, but they're not great. So while Terry Ray's coming in and trying to change the culture and rebuild this program, they might struggle for a year or two, and no player's going to sit around and wait when somebody could come a call in to use any other school in the EPAC and say, well, you could wait and see if Washington's going to be good, or you could come play for a, a, a playoff team right now. That concerns me. And then, I mean, you're giving a lot of power. I'd be careful I say this because I, I want you know kids to be able to play. The 14, 15, 16, and 17, and 18 year olds, you might just transfer because they don't like the coach. Right. You know, if you have one bad day in practice as a 16 year old and you make kind of a rash decision about your future, it's something that once you put it in motion, then you can't transfer back because this is a one time transfer. So you get yelled at by Coach X. So you transfer to School Z, and all of a sudden you realize that the grass isn't greener, and all of a sudden you're stuck. Right. You know, so I'm, I'm concerned, uh, hopefully, that there's enough in initiating a transfer that you have time to think about it. But I just just don't want to see a, an increase of rash decisions from kids. And I think a thing that's a concern, too, is I think the competitive balance is one of the things I think needs to be looked into it as well because we've seen it. This is a great quote from uh, Coach Hayes over at North Marion. You, he doesn't want to see it turn into the same four to five teams if we see Martinsburg, Huntington, 
Morgantown and I don't know Princeton, for example, or Bridgeport. Like four, the same four teams making it to the semifinals every single season. Like Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama seem to be in the college football playoff every single year, throwing Clemson or Oklahoma every other year. And it's the quote says he's afraid that is what is going to become a high school sports is going to be the same four or five teams. And it quoted saying the people making the decisions in the state obviously weren't much of athletes and don't understand that. So <laughs> that's, that's that. his perspective. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think competitive balance is another thing, too, because what if we see uh, max flow? Like, for example, I don't know if the power shift is going to be happening or things like that, but we've seen two impact athletes transfer to Hedgesville in this offseason, Gavin Young and Aiden Fleming. What is that going to be just a year per year type of thing? Is it going to be a per coach type of thing? I, there's a lot of murky waters that need to be navigated with the transfer portal because this is a brand new beast, guys. It's something that's really was introduced three years ago in the college ranks and now in the state of West Virginia. It, there's a lot of questions that need answered, I think, and I'm sure the WVSACAC is going to answer some of those questions coming pretty soon. You guys excited for high school NIL? Come on. <laughs> Can you imagine? Start seeing guys on billboards and stuff. NCAA high school 14. Oh, man. man. <laughs> Who's ready? No, but I can get it from like a Gavin Young perspective where yeah. they want to get you know a little bit more exposure because they think or they are a uh, you know a next level college at you know type of athlete. And you might not get the same exposure at Berkeley Springs than he would at a Hedgesville team that's, you know, always pretty good. That is, and I think it's also a scheme thing, too, potentially, because you look at on paper, Gavin Young's a dynamic wide receiver. He needs to be in a pass heavy offense, and I think that's where he excels. Now, with the tribe and what Coach Eddie is wanting to bring to that team, I, you, on paper, you think it's going to be more run centric than it is pass centric. And I get that from his perspective and he's making a move that makes the most sense for him. And I applaud him for that. That's the, that's the thing. Every, every instance to why you, you might be trepidatious about this. There's an example where like, we want to see Gavin Young succeed, mm. you know? So there's a million different ways to look at this thing. And there's not necessarily one right answer because at the end of the day, you know, if he has a thousand yard season and gets a division one offer and gets a free education, then this is a, a huge win for this legend. Not to say that he wouldn't have gotten that at Berkeley Springs. We for don't sure. know. But that's a huge win for this legislation. Uh, but for every Gavin Young, there might be you know an example of the heart and soul being sucked out of a single A team by a triple A school. The mm -hmm. kid's a starting quarterback for Clay Battelle. All of a sudden, he transfers to Morgantown because he thinks it's going to be better, and he ends up being a backup safety and never plays. You know, So it, there's a million different angles to look at this, and I'm sure that by the end of this conversation – half of the people will be appeased with what we said and half of the people will be very <laughs> yeah, angry make everybody happy said. on this one exactly no. but I, I just don't think we'll know but gavin is a great example of it, it, you can see why he did it it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean it'll be the right decision although it looks like it will be but that's one example of where this makes a ton of sense well you can text us 304-263-4321 tweet us at ep sports network what do you think about the uh, self-proclaimed WV High School transfer portal that is in full swing right now. Text us 304-263-4321. We'll be back after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Mix up your sports coverage with Panhandle Sports Live. Heard on the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. Jordan Ice Warner alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. And fellas, can you believe it that, uh, well, not quite, but pretty much Panhandle Sports Live is a year old. Yeah, a year old on Tuesday. It's uh, definitely insane if you think about it, how 
quick it's flown by, honestly. You, man. Well, we've uh, talked to so many people. We've uh, you know hashed out so many different sports discussion topics and things. But if you go all the way back to the first show on uh, 7-11, on 7-11 day of all days, uh, back last year, well, our first ever live Panhandle Sports Live guest was, well, Luke, a guy that's playing, well, he played really good basketball last year, his senior year, but looks like he could potentially make a little bit of a spot for himself in the NBA. Yeah, really relevant interview to be replaying. And Jake Stevens started at VMI, the former Musselman Appleman that got them down to the state tournament a couple of times, transferred to Chattanooga, was one of the premier big men in the country, one of the best three-point shooting big men of all time in college basketball, who now has an opportunity with the Sacramento Kings to maybe make the NBA or maybe go over to the G League or go over to Europe and make a ton of money and I'm sure he's going to have a lengthy basketball career if he wants it a really talented player and as we've kind of joked a couple of times let's go ahead and say it on the record I think it's no coincidence that Jake Stevens then started a podcast a few weeks after appearing on this show which apparently is a very good podcast I've listened to portions of it Mm -hmm. um, but I hope that's something he continues throughout his basketball career so we take a partial responsibility for that and catching fire with Jake (laughs) Stevens a great podcast name to be fair Uh, but we are going to listen back here to uh, our first conversation with Jake Stevens just about a year ago joining us on the phone uh, former Muscleman Appleman it's Jake Stevens how you doing man hey I'm good how are you guys appreciate you for having me on absolutely thanks for joining us so uh give us a little insight on uh, the most recent news in your world of course you're a standout at vmi for the last couple of years but you're going to be trying some new pastures huh yeah i uh i was fortunate enough to you know graduate from vmi in four years and um you know chose to move on uh so joining coach down here it, you know i think we have one more good run in this so i'm excited yeah, well, Jake, talk about that process. Like you said, you play the four years, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about your career at VMI. But you mentioned Coach Earl. Uh, you follow to Chattanooga. Was that kind of the move the whole time, or were you kind of interested in seeing where the transfer portal process would take you? Did you entertain other offers? Did you consider going back to VMI, or was it Chattanooga all the way? Uh, the transfer portal was just a crazy process. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a whirlwind. Once you get in there – a lot of phone calls, a lot of Zoom calls and stuff like that. But uh, um, I knew once Coach got the job down here that this was going to be a very good option. So I was being, you know, pretty selective with the process, knowing that this was, you know, such a great place for me. Um, so I was listening to a few other calls. But um, at the end of the day, I came out here on a visit first and, you know, just kind of felt it was right to come down here. So. So I feel like well. so I feel like Jake right now in college sports all you hear about is transfer portal transfer portal everything I mean we we're talking about it here with uh, Shepard Abby Beeman uh, the thing where she went to, down to Marshall now uh, what is it what is the process to get into the transfer portal for people that might not understand it or they're hearing it on ESPN and stuff do you like just email somebody and say hey I'm <laughs> transferring or is there like a portal that you have to log into like a, you know a college account something like that. Yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't know until obviously I went through it. Um, it's just kind of like a one of those things that everybody just alludes to. You don't really mm-hmm. know what it is. So, uh, no, I went and talked to uh, my compliance people at school and uh, just told them what the situation was. There's a couple forms you have to fill out on uh, one of our uh, softwares online. It's called Arms, um, and just basically, you know, state your intent that you're leaving and. You know, it's nothing crazy. So you fill that out and then kind of submit it, and you have to wait, uh, I think it's 48 hours or something, and then uh, the school will release you or or you'll hear back from them. So it's a little, little process there for sure. 
Well, we'll move it down to Chattanooga as well. Have you been able to tour the campus much or even move in? Or uh, what are your thoughts about the that, that area and uh, where you're going to be living for the next couple of months? Yeah, so I was able to get down here. Uh, the team was able to get here June 1st. So we've been here for almost a month now. Um, so it's been really nice. Got moved into my spot. Um, met with the guys, obviously, working out every day. Um, you know, just trying to get things rolling and uh, – you know, ready to, already feel like I'm ready to play some games, but you know, we'll see what happens and you know, take it day by day. So Say, it's, I'm, nice, I'm, though. You know, it's a really nice area. Yeah, I mean, going down Tennessee, not too bad of a place to uh, relocate to, that's for sure. Uh, but you were a standout at VMI. I mean, 14 uh, point, 15 points a game, 2021 or 20 to 2021 season, and then last year, 19 and a half points per game. Was it uh, was it tough? I mean, I'm sure the ties you had at VMI were so strong. Was it tough to kind of you know leave a couple of those behind and move on? Yeah, it's it's never easy leaving the place. Um, you know, it's unfortunate, but I mean, hopefully one day in the future they can get a graduate program, and, and you know, with with everybody having like fifth years and things, it'd be it'd be a great idea for VMI to just uh, you know try to keep keep guys there a little bit longer because, like you said, it's just you know such a bond there, and you know it's all the little people that you know, that you meet along the way that really make it so much better. So like you know all the janitors, all the lunch ladies. You know, all those people just made it so much better for me to be there. It really was tough leaving. But, you know, all good things must come to an end. And, you know, I'm at a new chapter in my life. So I'm excited. Uh, well, Jake, last time I saw you play, I have to confess, it, it was uh, in the Charleston Civic Center. Unfortunately, the Musselman Appleman were getting knocked out of the state tournament. Uh, I hate to bring that up, but you know, <laughs> you, you look at the the stats that Jordan was alluding to for your college career. People look at the 20 points per game, the rebounds, the block shots, and you think, heck yeah, this is a big man at six eleven, but one of the premier three-point shooting big men in the country, if I'm allowed to say that on your behalf, and over three assists <laughs> per game. That. So really kind of a complete modern big man. Um, is I remember a little bit of the jump shot in uh, high school as well, but you go from shooting 32% from three your junior year to 49% last year. So talk about kind of your evolution. You're top in the conference. I think it was fourth in free throw percentage as well. Uh, you hit shots, you facilitate, and you're certainly the, the, the model image of the modern big man. Yeah, I mean it's it's been awesome. I I knew I could shoot all along, but it's just it's you sound like every big man. I knew I could shoot. I told him I could I shoot. But I just took some time, took some confidence. To be honest, I, I I'd always put in the work, but you know, just this last year just kind of all clicked for me. And I'm thankful for that. But uh, no, I'm, I'm honestly a lot of credit goes to Coach Earl. He he kind of saw what I could be and just allowed me to grow and you know just helped me become that. That big man that you're talking about. So I've been lucky. I've been lucky along the way. Now, Jake, being a former college athlete myself, I've seen the transfer portal and the transfer situations grow from what they were originally. Now, I knew back that coaches could be like, okay, you can transfer, but you can only transfer to schools on the West Coast, or you could transfer to schools in this other conference. Now, transferring to a school that remains in the SOCON conference, how did that affect your decision? Did you want to stay in the SOCON and how did that really develop into what you're wanting to look for this last year playing? Uh, I mean, it's crazy where life will take you. I never would have thought that I would end up here, but, um, you know, this community is taking me in and you know, showed me nothing but love so far. So you know, I'm thankful for that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, never expect to be, you know, having to go back and play VMI again or anything like that. So it's definitely going to be weird, but, uh, like I said, man, it's a business and a business decision, and 
unfortunately, some things happen that you can't control. So I'm excited for it, and uh, I'll take all the challenges I can. We well, were going to a pretty good program at Chattanooga, 27-8 and eight last year. Uh, ended up beating at VMI, which I'm sure you know, in a tight one last year, 78-74. Uh, to 74. Uh, What have you been working on? I mean, I'm sure the competition's going to be tough uh, being a transfer into a team again that went 27-8, and eight, had a good run last year in the postseason. What have you been working on to try and uh, keep your game progressing? Well, I mean, you know, every day getting up, you know, 700, 2,000 shots, uh, keeping the form, just trying to maintain the percentage as best I can. Um, and then obviously just working on being more explosive, uh, being more around the rim, uh, you know, post work, footwork, all that kind of stuff. So uh, really just trying to work on, you know, as much as I can to better myself for the next level. So. Yeah, absolutely. And we're talking about communities, obviously, going from a military school, Virginia, now Chattanooga and Tennessee, certainly different environments. Uh, but uh, also your communities out here, from what I understand, you were present at a couple of different Shepherd basketball games last year. You uh, uh, you have a family tie with a Mr. Camp Stevens that also played his basketball in Musselman as well. And uh, the Appleman made the state tournament uh, last season as well. Uh, have you been able to... How have you been able to keep up with those communities in years past, down in Virginia, down in Tennessee now, uh, with both Musselman and Shepard coming back and uh, taking in some of the local basketball talent? Yeah, it was awesome. Anytime I anytime I came home, I uh, would always check the schedule and see if there's a, an Appleman game or um, obviously a little closer to, to Shepard games um, with my brother playing there. But, you know, it was really cool because – you know, just love watching basketball. So anytime <laughs> I was at home, I'd have, have a chance to do that. Um, and Coach Brazil has been great. You know, he's allowed me to come back and, you know, talk to the guys, come to practice, um, shoot in the gym whenever I want to. Um, so he's been great with, uh, you know, helping me out there. But, uh, you know, my brother too, He, I'm close with a lot of guys on that team. And, you know, they would let me come play pickup there last summer and uh, get in the gym with them. So, uh, I've just been extremely thankful and blessed to have you know so many people willing to support me along the way. We've been speaking with Jake Stevens, former Muscleman Appleman, former VMI uh, cadet, and now Chattanooga Mock. Thank you for joining us on Panhandle Sports Live this morning. And, hey, uh, keep up the good work. We'll keep an eye on you this year. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys. Thanks again. And again, man, that's us listening back to our first well, live interview with uh, anybody on Panhandle Sports Live, Jake Stevens, uh, about a year ago from today. And look how far he's come now. He's uh, in the NBA, well, in the NBA process, the NBA program now. Like we've said, we could be going over overseas, making a bunch of money or making a bunch of money playing basketball somewhere. So shout out to Jake Stevens and to his uh, podcast career. Like Luke said, uh, I think we can take a little bit of credit and the catalyst for that. But we got to step aside and come back after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP Sports Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchhoff Building. Jordan Ice Warner alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. You can text us 304-263-4321. You can tweet us at EP Sports Network. Uh, let's look ahead towards the college football season a little bit, fellas. And the Big 12 preseason polls come out. And uh, yikes, for us Virginia fans, don't look at the bottom of the list because you'll see the flying WV down there. Is it fair 
that uh, the preseason poll has West Virginia dead last of the Big 12, or do you think that's just because of the turmoil that's been West Virginia football the last, what, two years? Yeah, I mean, I think it's incredibly fair. Unfortunately, that's the state of where this program is. is. You know, I was listening to Dave Weekly yesterday, just kind of wondering if West Virginia had ever been picked last in a preseason poll in any sport, which kind of speaks to the state of the program. What's insulting about this, but obviously it's the the appearance of the the media and the conference, is that they're picked underneath all of the new teams. BYU, Cincinnati, and Houston are all in a line right above them, and then people are expecting UCF to have a successful season. They're eighth out of fourteen, but these are teams with no Power Five experience that are in completely uncharted waters, and people still think that those programs are going to be better than the Mountaineers. I mean, that shows you know, what uh, what what the conference and what the conference's media thinks of the Mountaineers. Uh, Jordan, I think you call it billboard material, mm-hmm. uh, uh, bulletin board material. Mm-hmm. I th- I, that's something hopefully that can, you know, drive this team on. People, I remember the sports line question a couple of Sundays ago, what do you think the record would be for a successful season for the Mountaineers? And I think that answer is seven. But as you look at their schedule, I mean, there's just there's no guarantee, with the exception of Duquesne, and I hesitate to say that because they've struggled with that that gimme game in years past, the first year under Neil Brown especially. With the exception of Duquesne, there's not a game where I say I'm going to definitively favor the Mountaineers by over a touchdown in this game. Now, with that being said, Texas is picked to win the conference, and Texas is not back last time I checked. <laughs> so hopefully you know, that means that there are going to be some winnable games up above you in conference. Mind you, everybody is up above you in conference play, but... You've got to win. You're, you're playing the four new big team, Big Twelve teams. You've got to win at least three of those games. You've got to beat Duquesne. You've probably got to beat Pitt at home, and then you try to try to luck your way into upsetting somebody else, an established team in the conference, to get to that sixth win and get to the bowl game and have a chance at seven. Is it possible? Yes. I mean, is it going to? Is it predicted to be so? No. Uh, but this is another, unfortunately, embarrassing moment in, in the timeline of Neil Brown's tenure here at West Virginia. Well, to pull out the positives out of this, I think there are a lot of people within the Big 12 that are underestimating the strengths of West Virginia right now. The offensive line is a very good. I think Zach Frazier is going to be the one, one of the best offensive linemen in the country this season. They got probably the best running back room in the entire Big 12 with the plethora of backs between Johnson and Donaldson leading the like. And there's pieces in the unknown, I think, with this team, too. To see them ranked significantly below Cincinnati for that last spot, too. They got 129 total points. Cincinnati had 202 in the poll. Little, little interesting that they are thinking that low of West Virginia coming into the year. But, again, I think there's chances for this team. I think it all really depends on who is going to be starting a quarterback, first of all. They need to figure that out, whether that's Green or Nico. I, mean, I think the consensus poll right now is Green's leading the clubhouse. But... I, they got to find ways to win games. The offense has to improve. The defense, I think, has a ton of question marks that need answers, which I think might be a little underrated coming into the season if they can piece it together, but there's still question marks to be asked. And there are some teams you look at them maybe a little too high, like Baylor, for example. Baylor had a very underwhelming season last year. They were picked towards the top after winning the Big 12 a couple of years ago. They were underwhelmed. Kansas was picked, I believe, ninth, and Kansas was a top 20 team in the nation in the first month of last year, surprising everybody. So there's a lot of movement of these. I'm, I'm interested to see how it's going to fall out, but there's the potential there. And if this is the way things are going to shake out, where West Virginia is going to be significantly the bottom of the pack, I I see the, the, the clock ticking for Neil Brown if this is going to be the case, and West Virginia is significantly the worst team in the Big 12. Hmm. 
Yeah, but I think last was a little bit stunning to some That's people, brutal. wasn't it? That's yeah. that, that was that was a, a, a bucket of ice water. I mean, you highlighted the strengths of this team. They're going to run the ball a lot, obviously, because uh, they've got a mobile quarterback. They've got a very good offensive line to run in front of. And I'd extend uh, your praise of Frazier to Wyatt Milam as well, because I think he's going to have a very good season. But you also look at the deficiencies of this team. You know, we're stillsless for the first time in a while, which means I, 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 I'm worried about the, the pass rush with Martin and Bartlett and what they're going to be able to do to get after the quarterback. I'm excited to see the two guys I'm excited for the defense are Aubrey Burks, who Pro Football Focus has as the best, uh, most efficient returning Big 12 safety. Uh, and Lee Cobut, Mike Linebacker, I think is going to have a very good season. But they're going to be asked to do a lot more because West Virginia, at first with Sean Martin and the guys, are going to struggle to get after the quarterback. You're weak at the cornerback position. You've got some guys transferring up from the FCS level that are going to be asked to do, you know, make big contributions right away. Like I said, you're weak at the wide receiver positions, and you have uh, two quarterbacks with uh, one with an inconsistent throwing record and one that doesn't have a throwing record. So that's going to be a concern as well. And these teams are going to look at you and, and, and unimaginative Neil Brown offense that no longer has Graham Harrell as its offensive coordinator uh, and, and game plan their way to beat you. West Virginia, the, the, the problem with a team like this, and we see this in high school sports all the time is when you run heavy, you're never able to put a team away. Like I, I Duquesne, again, the Mountaineers are going to beat Duquesne. They're probably only going to beat them by two touchdowns. Like they're going to struggle to put games beyond doubt because they're going to lack an ability to have multiple big plays in a game. So that could equate to them blowing games as well. And we know that Neil Brown has struggled to manage clock late in games. That's one of the biggest problems of his tenure here. Uh, so all the other different concerns that have added up to them being dead last in the conference, it's harsh, but this isn't just one person's opinion. You know, uh, of all the different people to add up these first place votes, what is it, uh, 60 that voted in this poll? It's not one or two or three different people's opinion. It's 60 or 70. Uh, and it's a daunting look for the Mountaineers. Well, at least the positive you could pull out of it is they play Houston this year, and Dana Holgerson also has that same clock management problem. So That's true. That'll be, that'll be one. To but again, we're not steal. looking for two wins. We're looking for seven. Yeah. Because if Neil Brown wins, if he even if he goes six and six, I think he might get fired. You know, anything below that threshold. And again, I'll give you Duquesne because obviously they're going to beat Duquesne. Mm -hmm. I would say that right now I would favor them against Houston and BYU. Cincinnati, um, I don't know what to expect. They lost their quarterback. They lost Luke Fickle. They I think Cincinnati is going to be very underwhelming this year. But I also think that this is a, a team that's going to be spurned on by... Isn't that game at Cincinnati? I should know this. I apologize. That's that's going to be spurned on by playing in a Power 5 conference. I believe BYU's coming here. We're going to Houston, but I'm not afraid of that, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, and it's on a Thursday. Uh, but you got to look at the schedule and wonder where the wins are going to come from. And this team isn't good enough to slay a hum handful of giants. And hopefully I'm wrong. Cause obviously, I mean, by the time that we kick off against Penn state, I'm going to think oh, that this yeah. team's going to be a national championship contender. Cause that's just how <laughs> I, I am. But uh, oh, just for West better. Virginia to probably break your heart in that first game, like they do every year, it seems. <laughs> that, that first I have I have zero hopes for that game. I genuinely think I West just, Virginia's going to be get beat by at least two touchdowns. Here's a, we shouldn't say this. I would almost rather just forfeit that game and, and not move lose seventy seven <laughs> than and and just move on with our lives. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's going to be a no contest. Sadly, Penn Penn State's going to be contending to try and push for the college football. If they don't win a national, if they don't make. The the I uh, just completely forgot their head coach's name. Uh, James Franklin. Jan James Franklin is one of the best recruiters in the country. If they don't make the college football playoff, I think he gets fired this year. Hmm. Wow, he's, I hope. He's, his leash has been unbelievable for an it underwhelming really team. Can't stand Penn State football, man. Can't stand <laughs> now, it. With that being said, if West Virginia pulls off the Week One upset, I yeah. mean, oh that, baby, that's got to be a top three game in the history of the program. 
Well, you can text us, 304-263-4321. we got to step aside and get to this final break. We'll come back at Parker's Picks and start to wrap things up on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP Sports Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, broadcasting live from the Hopper Kirchwell Building. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Prove it, it's never fails. Never failed once. All right, we went two for three yesterday. We were really close to back-to-back perfect slates. Our lock of the day for yesterday, the Tigers beating the A's. They didn't just beat the A's. They mollywopped the A's. Nine to nothing <laughs> final. That again, folks? <laughs> Nine to nothing final, the Tigers laid down. Again, all-star pitcher Michael Lorenzen. We had, if you missed our uh, conversation yesterday on the uh, all-star voting system and how it potentially might be flawed, go check it out on the Spotify and Facebook page. Really good conversation we had on that. Yuri Perez got his over on strikeouts. He got seven, but Luke's Cardinals were able to pull out the win against the Marlins 3 to nothing. And for yesterday where we failed, the Cubs were unable to beat the Brewers last night. 6-5, to five, the final in that one. Going into today's picks, I'm going with today's lock of the day. Might be a little bold, but I think this is a start of a redemption story. Alec Manoa is over on strikeouts today. His line is at 4.5. They're playing against the Tigers, a team I feel like he could have some success with. It's one of the lower end teams in the majors right now i think he gets over on strikeouts and this is the redemption story of alec manoa in the middle of this season we all cross our fingers and hope anyway the phillies are going to beat the marlins today i think with zach wheeler on the mound the phillies have been one of the hotter teams in baseball over the past three to five weeks i think they get the win on the road here and they're facing sandy alcantara and again i don't know what happened with sandy he's been one of my favorite pitchers but he just is not the same this year i don't know what's going on with him i hope he figures it out because he's a great pitcher but I think just right now the Phillies are red hot, and I think they get the win over the Marlins. And I got the Yankees getting the win over the Cubs. They bounce back after getting destroyed yesterday by the Orioles, 14-1 to the final in that one. And it's going to be Carlos Rodon's first pitching outing for the Yankees today as well. So I think with that added momentum, I think the Yankees are able to get the win over the Cubs in that matchup, and they're going to be at home too, which is going to help. So Manoa's over on strikeouts. This is today's lock of the day. I got the Phillies beating the Marlins and the Yankees taking down the Cubs. You can always text us, 304-263-4321. And we have a text here uh, going back to our earlier conversation about the high school transfer portal and the craziness that is this high school transfer rule in the state of West Virginia right now. And the texter says, go to the school you're supposed to go to. You're in school to learn and get an education, not be a C student, and think you're going to the NFL, MLB, or NBA. And, you know, I agree with that. I I, I 100% agree with that. But I also understand the side of, uh, you know, these student athletes, these families that want their kids to have, you know, as good of an opportunity as they can to play a sport at the next level. And at a lot of these small schools in the state of West Virginia, you know, that's just not going to happen. If you're being honest, and a lot of these bigger schools, it's not going to happen as easy. So uh, I, I understand the sentiment where go to school, you're supposed to, you know, be a student, a student athlete, not an athlete student, if you will. Right. But I also get that. Look, it's hard to get a scholarship nowadays. And sometimes that's the only way. You know, these kids, these families can get their kids to the next level. So what do you think about that, guys? Should they just go to school and, you know, be a student first? And I'll say this. I think this would be a good conversation for when they kind of open up this rule for the SSAC. 
I think there should be some sort of academic qualifications to meet to be eligible for the one-time transfer Ooh, as I well. Like that. Yeah, I, think, I, don't I think that. that's a, like sta- like above. I think a, you have like a three-two or something. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, I, I think like I think a three-zero is fair. That's right at a B average. You're above an average student if you're able to get there. I think having a three-zero it would give you access to being able to use the one-time transfer. I think that's fair. I think that's putting the emphasis on being a student athlete at the same time. And, and well, if anyone at the WVSACC is listening, you can use that if you want. You, you don't got to credit. <laughs> just me. call it it's the cool. Parker Stone rule. Yeah, yeah, just throw that in there if you want. The but Stone Accords. Hang on. <laughs> I, I think that's a great idea, and I understand the Texas sentiment. Go mm-hmm. to the school you're supposed to. And and I just wanted to add to that as well. I agree because I think we're going to see some people kind of bend over backwards to, yeah. to drive an hour and a half to go to school because of this, that, and the other. For any student or parent of a student that's interested in exercising this rule, just don't lose. I, I think what the texture would say, you know, is it's unfortunate that this is happening. That if this is happening, do not completely neglect your education in search of you know, a, a chance to get a college scholarship, right. which is important in a mm-hmm. lot of cases, but not every kid that's going to transfer is going to get a D1 scholarship. It's the same thing in the college transfer portal. Not everyone who enters the portal plays their sport the next season. That's the reality of it. You, you, you can enter the There's a risk entering the portal. You might not get offered, and then you're just in limbo trying to find a home for ever at that point. So it's, it's at its own risk. Well, we've got about a minute left, fellas. Anything else you want to get after on this Friday? Well, uh, we mentioned earlier on the show, it's a uh, er- happy early birthday for PSL. It's the first birthday. Anderson Silva and Cowboy Cerrone are headlining this year's UFC Hall of Fame class as well, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty cool. Uh, and, and two things really quickly. We've got American Legion Baseball in the air tomorrow at 1130 a.m. We'll have the North Berkeley Knights against Funkstown. And number two, as we talked about during the break, guys, Pac-Man Jones claims that he can run a sub 4-5 at this point in his career, 39 years old. He's running it today on the Pat McAfee show, and the over-under has been set at 4.505. We taking the over or the under? Under. I'm taking the over. I think Pac-Man's still fast enough. I think he's over. I don't think I think I think like a high four five is what I'm looking for. Maybe a low four six is what I'm thinking today. No, yep, we'll see. It'll be on the Pat McAfee show. And we got a little longer than I thought, fellas. So we still got uh, some more time. Anything else you want to go after today? Well, I'll ask you guys this since we've been reflecting on a year of doing this show. If you had to pick I know this is super on the spot. If you had to pick your favorite moment in the past year doing this show, what would it be? Ooh. I know it's a deep question. Yeah, you asked that question with 60 seconds left. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's a tough mm. one. Well, I'll have plenty of time by myself to sit here and try to figure it out <laughs> there next you week since you guys won't yeah, be you'll here. you'll have it. You'll have tons I loved of them. all of it. All of yeah. it. Every, every bit of it. Yeah. Well, are we going to get some um, Parker's Picks from the beach? Absolutely. You're going to get Parker's Picks at the beach. Okay. It's, we keep the tradition going, and I'll, I'm going to try. I think as far as I know of... Sports betting is still not legalized in North Carolina, which... Are you close enough to... You gotta hop the border. Yeah, you close enough anywhere? Nah, Just get nah. a VPN. I, I have to find something. Or You're gonna have to go like out that. into international waters. Well, here's the thing. I was red hot picking at the beach, and I wasn't able to use any of my picks. That's the thing. And the thing is, the der- I feel like the pressure's on. The derby is going on that week, too. I, I feel like I have a ton of pressure on the derby this year, too, because I about got the whole thing completely right last year. It's, and you don't know anything about horses. Exactly. There you go. Or no. <laughs> I talking about the baseball. <laughs> the right also was like, yeah. They already ran the Kentucky. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, that does it for us today. For Parker and Luke, I'm Jordan. Have a good one. Painting to Live is next. Talk to you later. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.